Hey mama, is the number one dream in your heart to have more time to be present with your kids? Do you wish you could be present enough to help create and instill godly character? Yet you are so busy with work, drowning in the to-dos, the laundry, and the carpool lines. Hi, I'm Michelle, a mom to three energetic kids, wife to an amazing guy, and daughter of the king. For years, I tried to manage my home while struggling to still have time to pour into my kids. The guilt was overwhelming and the to-do list just kept growing. And I was completely overwhelmed and stressed until I realized that I could create systems in my life and my motherhood that would change everything. In this podcast, you will learn time management, batching, habit stacking, setting boundaries, home organization, outsourcing, and you better believe we are going to be dishing out some chores so we can create hours of intentional time to pour into our kids since that is our number one priority as vibrant moms. Grab that lukewarm coffee. Let's stop time. Hey friends, we're going to talk today about healthy boundaries around screens. Do your kids melt down after they use screens? I know mine do. So today we're going to talk about some healthy boundaries and some good screen habits because screens are here to stay. So let's dive in. As I mentioned before, do you find that your kids melt down after screen time? They might be more fussy. Maybe they're short tempered, easily annoyed, agitated. I definitely noticed this with my kids especially as they're getting older and they're exposed to kind of more time on screens. They enjoy video games and TV and shopping online, but then they also have school online and their attention span and patience after they're on the screen is just less to be desired, should we say. Even on airplane trips, when they're allowed to have screens, they forget to eat anything like a snack. They forget to get up and go to the bathroom and they forget to drink water. And so we'll put screens away to pack them up to get off the plane or maybe they run out of power or whatever. And all of a sudden they want all three of those things right at the same time. They have to go to the bathroom. They're automatically super hungry and starving. And then they realize they're so thirsty and they're going to die. It's the craziest thing. So I think that when they're super focused on their screens and what they're doing, they just forget about all the other kind of bodily functions that are going on. They're so distracted. Now, as I mentioned, screens are here to stay, unfortunately, but we just need to learn how to enforce healthy boundaries around them because they're not going anywhere anytime soon. Now, we as adults have trouble regulating self-control with our phones and with social media and everything else. So how much harder is it for our kids who are now growing up in a culture of screens and still practicing building self-control? Their little brains are not finished building self-control, especially with I can speak for our teenager and our boys who self-control is still a muscle they are working through. (laughs) So how do we deal with this? 
because screens are everywhere. They're always on it. And then they're fussy and crazy and they're melting down after they had a have screen time, right? Or they're asking for screens all the time. So what do you do? I have to admit, sometimes I just want to bury my head in the sand and just pretend that there's no screens and we all live in like a happy community. (laughs) But I know that's clearly not an option unless I want to take a spaceship to Mars, right? So instead, as parents, my husband and I have worked together to set some really healthy boundaries around screens. But we've also had to be flexible and adapt to our kids as they're growing, as they're taking on more, as their school is online more, and just keep a careful eye on how they're using their screens and how they're being affected by their screens. So when we do certain things, we take note of afterwards, are they super fussy? And we'll tell them, you're really fussy after this. I don't think we're going to do screen time as long next time, which they love hearing, by the way. (laughs) They love hearing. (laughs) Not really. So here are some healthy boundaries that we've used in our family. And I really just want to put these out here and they may work for your family. They may not. And depending on how old your kids are, I remember when our kids were really young, screens weren't really a big deal because we could turn it on and off stuff. They didn't have their own devices. They had like an iPad that they used only for trips. So they didn't get as much screen time, but as they're growing now, especially with having a teenager. She wants to shop for things and look for things online. Everything is online. She's looking through Pinterest and trying to find cute Converse shoes she wants and all the things. So screens just kind of have a way of now working into how we do things, our culture, our rhythms, not to mention screens for all the homework and all the stuff they do at school. Even our littlest one who's in third grade has a required math that he has to do three times a week and it's on a screen. And so he ends up playing this math game for homework, which drives me insane because <laughs> I'm like, they don't need to be doing stuff on screens, but that's, they do have limits. And so we've set that in place. So before I just keep rambling on, we'll talk about some healthy boundaries that I mentioned my husband and I have talked through and these have worked for us as our kids have grown. I'm sure these will need to, some of them will need to change as our kids mature and get older, but some may stay the same. So some boundaries you might want to sit down, go have a date night with your husband and talk through what boundaries you want to set in place with your family. So number one, our boundary is no screens in the bedroom. This includes TV, cell phones, iPads, laptops, all the things. So all of our devices live downstairs in a box. (laughs) Kind of sounds funny, right? They all live in a box and the box is next to the wall with like little charging station. And so it's downstairs in our office. So that's where the laptops live. That's where any cell phones and a flip phone and anything else live down there. So the kids are not tempted to be using it at night. 
I know that so many teenagers are now up late. Sometimes they're waking up and using their devices and texting or replying to social media, and it really disturbs their sleep. They're unable to grow the way they need to and function. They really need to get a lot of sleep, especially as teenagers, because they're still growing. Their brain is growing. A lot of functions are happening at that time and having inadequate amounts of sleep and trying to replace that with a screen is just a recipe for disaster. The blue light from the screen will just work its way to preventing them from sleeping really well in what sleep they do get. And they won't be able to concentrate as well in school and just do things that they need to do throughout the day. So no screens in the bedrooms. I know it's really crazy. We found that I can't remember what my daughter was on. She is using my husband's Instagram, his post, cause he doesn't usually use Instagram. And so she was checking in with friends or doing something on there, which actually worked really well because we could see all the stuff she was doing. We found that some of our friends were texting her like at 11 o'clock or sending her messages. And we was like, are you kidding? They're like awake at 11 o'clock and sending stuff and looking at their phone in the middle of the night. So just crazy stuff. So that is our policy. No screens in the bedrooms. It helps our kiddos not be tempted to get up and go use a screen. They would have to go downstairs, which we can hear them. And all the screens are just in a box. And so they know, I think it's also just through habit. They know like, okay, it's just time for bed. I'm not going to use my screen. If they need to check something beforehand and they ask us, Hey mom, I forgot to check this class or I forgot to email this person or I forgot to do this thing. Sure. We'll connect with them and be like, okay, take five minutes, go do this thing you forgot to do and then come back. But for the most part, they're not allowed upstairs. (laughs) so that's number one, no screens in the bedroom. Number two, set screen time hours. Our kids usually have two to three hour window over the weekend. Usually it's like a Saturday afternoon and they're allowed to play approved video games. So they play their video games. They love playing Minecraft together and creating stuff. Or sometimes they play games where you have to touch the screen a lot to add things or move things around or increase your number of certain things. And I can't remember what those ones are called, but they're like high touch games. So they like certain games that they have on their computer, on their iPads, and we've approved them. We've looked at them. They're okay. So they're on there and they can play those. So usually they all play in the same room, which is nice because we can see what they're doing. So everybody's in the living room playing together. And my husband actually loves playing video games as well. So he loves to sit with them in the living room and play his video games. So he'll play a video game on usually the big screen on the TV and the kids will play video games on there iPads and my daughter, now that she's gotten a little bit older, and as I said, loves shopping online, she will listen to music as well as play something on her iPad at the same time. So she's got her computer, she's got her brand new headphones, her ear pods, and then she also has her iPad. And 
all the devices, right? So she's hanging out there and shopping and building and listening to music and having a grand time. So we make sure that they're all in one room when they have that screen time. We can see what they're doing and they're all playing games that we've already approved. Now the screens are for a set hour or a set time limit. So as I said, we usually have a two to three hour window that they're allowed to play, usually from like mm, two to five or so in the afternoon. And then we jump into dinner time kind of right after that. So that's kind of our system. My husband found that it was really helpful to have them have breaks during that time. So about every 30 minutes, maybe every hour, 45 minutes or so, he'll say, okay, we're going to take a five minute break. And so everybody takes a five minute break. They put down their iPads, they put down their screens, they can go to the bathroom, get a drink of water, grab a snack, just take a few minutes where they're not looking at a screen and take just a kind of a mental break. So we've found that that really helps our kiddos to just not be as fussy when they get off of it. I know there's a big difference between that and when they're on the airplane and we let them have the screens for a longer period of time, usually most of the flight until their screens die because it's kind of a fun treat and they're confined in a small space. And so the airplane is usually like, okay, you can go ahead and just play your video games until your computer runs out of power. At that point, I find they're far more fussy than if we give them little breaks throughout the time. So our number one was no screens in the bedroom. Number two is set screen time hours. So set a certain time where they can have screen times and then you're kind of monitoring that. Number three is with cell phones. Oh, the fun, right? So with cell phones, it was really important as parents to model healthy boundaries for phones at the dinner table and all the time with your family and everything like that. And I have to say, I'm not always good with this. Sometimes I forget and I'm like looking up something quickly or adding something to my phone or calling somebody or writing something down or texting somebody. And I forget to ask permission. I forget to ask permission to the people around me and say, hey, I need to check this text from daddy and check if I'm supposed to pick you up at this time or, oh, I need to check this and find out if we need to stop at the store on the way home. So I forget to tell them and to ask permission when I'm using my phone because you don't know the difference. Kids don't know the difference. My husband and I don't know the difference when he's just looking at his phone, playing a video game or he loves to read books on his phone. So he could be reading a book or he could be playing a video game or he could be looking something up that's useful or important or that I just ask him a question about. So it's really important to tell people around and ask permission when you jump on your phone. I think that really models kind of healthy boundaries and really shows your family that they are first, that they are more important than your phone, and it gives respect to the people around you. So we gave our teenage daughter a flip phone for using to call us from school if she has anything and needs us. She hates using it. She, well, not really hates using it. She forgets to use it because sometimes it doesn't charge very well because it's kind of an old phone. So she's gotten the habit of not taking it with her, not because she hates it, but because it sometimes doesn't hold a charge. And then she now just has 
forgetting to take it. But there's several other kids at school that have a flip phone, but a mass, mass majority have iPhones. And for right now, we just have not gone down that temptation because we really want to work with her as far as her screen time on the computer and doing homework and boundaries around that and looking at other things. And then we can jump into the phone. The phone is far more easier, right? Because it's just in your pocket. You have the whole internet in your pocket. So we want to just work through having her computer first and using that since there's more set times, it's more of boundaries, working through that one before we hand over the phone. But I do think it's really important to eventually give her a phone and walk through those healthy kind of phone boundaries before your child goes to college, before your child is out in the world, before your child is doing stuff so that you can help them work through those screen boundaries. Number four, control. So our kids know that their devices are not their own. They are borrowing them. So mommy and daddy have the power at any point to look through all of their history, to look through what they were browsing, to look through anything that was on their device that was on their phone. We have the ability to have them move to a location where we can see their screen better so we can take a look at what they're doing. We found out at one point that our kiddos were telling us that they were using their iPad for homework, our boys especially, but they would sit right next to our fireplace when they were doing it. And we could see from the reflection in the fireplace that they were actually playing Minecraft. So we had to talk them through that, that we know you're lying and this isn't appropriate. We know what you're doing. And so there's going to be some consequences. So having control over screens, knowing that they're always going to be viewed in a public area, there's always somebody who can walk by at any time and see their screen. As I said, we're regularly checking their browsing history and just having parental controls on it, all the things, right? But our kids are going to know that they can lose their screen time privileges at any time because their devices don't belong to them. But... They just know that there is that boundary that's set, that somebody's checking on them, somebody's watching, somebody's checking what they're doing so that they just stay in line and don't get on stuff that's really inappropriate, right? I think at all times your kids will go down that line of finding porn or looking at stuff they shouldn't and that's a whole different level to cross, but the more that we can help them stay in line and focus on the good things is so helpful. And number five, as we kind of mentioned it before, is just to model healthy boundaries. So our kids are looking to us about screens. Our kids are looking to us and they're learning from us. So the more that we can just emphasize healthy boundaries, healthy screen time, what we're using our computer for, whether it be work or not, just to tell them like, hey, I'm looking this up or hey, I'm trying to figure this out is super helpful because as I said, you're showing them that they're the more important than anything else that you're doing. 
So those are our five kind of healthy boundaries that we have gone through and talked through, but you as a couple need to figure out what are your healthy boundaries? So as I said, ours were no screens in the bedroom, setting screen time hours as far as playing video games, cell phones, lots of stuff around that, but modeling healthy boundaries and really working through good cell phone use. Number four is control, being able to see all the screens, seeing what's happening, always checking devices. Number five is just modeling it. So hopefully these <laughs> these tips have helped you or given you something to think about when you hang out with your husband and kind of talk through these issues. As a family, what do you want your family to be? You know, what is important to you? What values do you hold important? How much screen time do you think is important? And that also differs between kids and ages of kids. It could be that your kids are really responsible and that screens don't affect them maybe as much, or maybe they're super irresponsible and you know that if you handed them a device, they would be all over the place and you couldn't trust them. So you just have to go with what works best for your family. And these are the ones, as I mentioned, that we have set up that have worked really well. But as I said, we'll probably have to kind of change them around. Our cell phone policy, since our teenager doesn't have an actual cell phone, that will have to change once she gets one. There'll probably be some new boundaries that we need to set around that. There's always boundaries we need to set around their computers for school. We're noticing lots of new boundaries we have to kind of divulge into. So I feel that even if you set these limits and these boundaries, they are constantly changing and modifying as far as the steps that your children are getting, they're getting a little bit older, they're able to use screens more and more, or they're having to use screens more and more. So then that brings up extra issues, all the things. So it just kind of changes. I think it's just really important to have healthy boundaries around screens, especially when we're at our house. But also, I just want to quickly talk about what happens when you're not at your house. When your kids run into problems with accessing screens outside of your house. So that could be school. Maybe they're at school and they look up stuff they shouldn't or some other kid shows them things they shouldn't. Maybe that's a social situation like at a friend's house or all the kids are out doing something and now that everybody has a phone, your kids can see stuff all the time. So I think just having a really healthy communication with your kiddos that if they see something porn or violence or gruesome stuff or something that just is disturbing that they know in their heart and they kind of feel in their gut that like this is just wrong this is bad that they just would be okay with coming to you i think we have a very open policy that there's no judgment or consequences if they come talk to us about something that they saw and they were uncomfortable with. So I think it's really important just to have a really open conversation with, you're gonna see some stuff at some point that's not gonna be okay. What do you do about that? Do you ask somebody to put it away? Do you say, hey, I'm not okay with this? What kind of things do you do? Role-playing helps within those different types of 
situations because it kind of gives your kid an example of, well, if I do see this, how does this work? What should I do? But I think just being really open about it and just praying about it, asking your kids or yourself for forgiveness and just kind of moving on. But it will definitely happen. Screens are so prominent everywhere now that they'll definitely see something that they shouldn't or something that is disturbing to them. So I think just having an open relationship is really important. I just wanted to touch on that because it's so important that we don't hide our head in the sand and just hope that our kids will never see something evil or porn or sexual on on the computer or a device. It will happen. It will happen at some point. It's just a matter of when. And so we want our kids to feel really comfortable coming to us to talk through that, to talk through why that's not a good thing to be looking at, what that does to your brain, dopamine that it sends to your brain, and then your brain gets rerouted to enjoy that rather than other things. And as Christians, what does God call us to do? I am still navigating this whole arena of screens and all the things, right? And it's a huge topic. So if you would like more helpful tips about kind of navigating screens, I highly recommend that you check out the book. It's called Screen Kids by Arlene Pelicane. I've had her on the show a couple times and she is just incredible. I just love what she brings to talk about as far as screens and parenting and what it does to your kids and just a way that we can work with it. She's so good at just talking about screens as if they're vegetables and candy and all the things. So there's good things on screens as far as vegetables, you know, and fruit. That might be a learning piece of software, math software that our kids do for homework and that kind of thing. And there's also bad stuff like candy on the internet that is all the things that we can think about. So she just has a really helpful way of breaking it down. So I highly recommend connecting with her book called Screen Kids, or you can check out her on The Happy Home. It's another podcast. And on there, she has several different ones about screens. She doesn't talk about screens every episode, but she has a lot of just really good information. And she's a mom of three kids. She knows how this works. (laughs) She's not oblivious to all the things. And so it's just really fun listening to her. She has great advice about screens and devices because screens and devices are tricky and they aren't going anywhere. I just pray that you create your own healthy family boundaries around screens and know that if it feels a bit overwhelming, this whole idea of screens, it is, but that you are not alone. So set maybe one boundary at a time. We talked through a lot, but set one boundary evaluate if it's working, kind of adjust it if you need to, and then work on setting the next boundary. I know it can feel really overwhelming. So just take it one step at a time. Maybe that one step is putting all the devices in one spot and plugging them in. Maybe that next step is making sure that you're checking all the history for those devices. So one step at a time. And as I said, if you need more help with screens, definitely check out Arlene's website and her podcast and book. 
Now, as always, you can come over to my website, which is Bird Michelle, and come check out all the things I have there. Anything that you need help with as far as time management, coaching, setting boundaries, all the things, right? So come on over there. And I just wanted to quickly mention, I have a really fun free gift to you, which is a productivity planner. So if you need some help with that, head on over to my website. It's on the first page Just scroll down and just put in your email and it'll automatically come on over to you. <laughs> so my gift to you, just go check that out. I hope until next time that you have a very busy, vibrant day. Did this podcast bless you? Did you learn something new? Did this podcast encourage you? Please leave our mom a review. Pretty please. I hope you loved today's episode, friend. I pray it blessed you, encouraged you, or challenged you in some new way that is helping you. If so, would you stop right now and share this episode with someone else that needs community too? I also would love if you could take 30 seconds for me and leave me a review on Apple Podcast. This is the only way that I know that you are actually enjoying the show and that it is blessing you. Plus, it makes me happy to hear from you. Come on over to our free community, birdmichelle.com, and grab your free gifts. I have free productivity programs and everything you need to know about working with me, taking my courses, or connecting. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss an episode. 